everyone, welcome back to Let's Take This Online with me, Hassam El Haj. Before we get started, make sure to like, comment, subscribe. Please always drop feedback. It's always great to hear from you. So today we're going to be looking at a few updates or what's going on again in the you know, digital world, the tech world and all that. So again, the Twitter thing, it seems not to be done. Even though we thought that it's going to be closed, hopefully in October, it was going to be locked down. And then what's happening is now Musk has actually put the deal on hold because he is actually looking into the number of fake accounts in the app. This is where it gets pretty interesting, right? Twitter ha always does talk about the, the amount of fake accounts. And you, look, every social platform has a percentage of fake accounts. Bots, uh, people utilize it, I don't know, like bot farms and all that. So that does happen in, the, in, the in, the t in this like social media, you know, app world. But what's happening is that Twitter, year on year, has always been reporting the exact same percentage, which is 5% or less, of its uh, fake accounts. And this is where Musk, when he's kind of going into it, he's a bit skeptical. I mean, he's basically saying that he wants more information, he wants to dive more in depth, and he wants to understand more about the actual number of fake accounts. The reason why is that in the past, there has been times where... Um, entities, nations, uh, and specific individuals have were able to utilize social media to influence others. I mean, that's something we can discuss more in depth because it gets very political. We can talk more about that in the Burgers and Hummus podcast, where I do try to you know dive into these these specific topics. But what we do know is that there is a level of of fake accounts and bots and bot accounts in Twitter and across all the social media, and I think it's fair, uh, you know objectively fair that someone does want to understand what's going on uh, because obviously it's every time it's the same one and as a digital marketeer this has always been an issue um, especially for those who've ever worked with influencers you know influencers you know when instagram first started out blew up right where influencers were charging ridiculous cost million dollars for a post hundred fifty thousand dollars for a post hundred thousand dollars for a story in the middle east as well as the outside world and it was always one of those things that brands would do, but it's always hard to get proper information. Even till now, I mean, there's only so much information you can do, and many platforms are trying to tackle this. For example, TikTok releases Creator Marketplace, where it's trying to actually you know, create a systematic process for dealing with influencers on TikTok. But before that, it was basically you'd have to take the influencer's word for it. You'd have to you know, rely on some screenshots that obviously can be doctored. And especially the beginning of, of Instagram, a lot of influencers or a lot of people were utilizing bots and, you know, you know fake followers to increase the number, to increase their numbers. And um, that is definitely an issue, especially for a brand or someone like me who's an advertiser and we want to work with influencers. Obviously, influencers have reach that you want to be able to achieve, but at the same time, is it the right kind of reach? So this is where we go. You know, this is where it gets a bit, you know, questionable. And now, you know, throughout the years, they have tried to release, um, you know, specific kind of softwares online to help you understand the percentage of, of bots or, for, you, know, you know, spam followers that, you know, influencers have. But again, it's still an ongoing issue. It's still not done. And right now you can go and purchase followers. I mean, it's still happening. It's really cheap too. I mean, I mean, there's something people really do to boost their, their, their followers to be able to make money. Right, a person who has a million followers or ten million followers can charge tens of thousands of dollars per post or story, and that is where I believe that we need more regulation or better software. I guess understand and slowly getting there, but it's not an easy endeavor. 
So that's what's kind of happening on the Twitter front. It'll be interesting to see what happens. It, will Twitter actually give proper numbers? Do they actually know is the question? I mean, there's a lot. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of, what Elon actually um, is able to dig up. Another piece of update, uh, this actually happened around last week. So Facebook obviously has always been under scrutiny ever since the whole thing of GDPR, data, privacy. You know, Mark Zuckerberg went to a lot of those, um, you know, hearings uh, in the U.S. Senate. Uh, and Facebook is trying, or Meta is trying to limit tracking and limit and to adhere more to the privacy rules. So one thing happened is that um, last week, or like seven days ago, six, seven or nine days ago, something like that, basically Facebook removed another bunch of tracking tools. This one actually is location tracking tools. I mean, this is uh, this has been an ongoing thing, and for those who, who work in the digital marketing world, iOS has been, iOS, Apple iOS has obviously has been limiting data tracking and privacy heavily over the last couple of years. You get to the point right now when you run Facebook ads and you get very little iOS users. You get mostly Android. Google's the same thing. You run, try to run Google ads, you get mostly Android users. It's because Apple has been limiting the amount of access these third-party platforms can do. And Apple, at the same time, has been growing its own advertising platform called Apple Ads. Uh, thus, we can do Apple search ads and app ads inside um, the Apple Store. And I think what's going to happen is Apple's going to keep growing its uh, ad its ad network, its ad tools, and it's going to make you start using that. I mean, we're starting to use that with many of our, you know, the clients I've worked with. And it's because, because you just can't access iOS inventory anymore. And it's been really stringent over the last year. And now it seems that it is continuing this effect on location-based targeting. And we might, you know, obviously right now you can kind of like geofence. We call it geofencing. It's basically you put a digital, uh, you know, location pin on a map. And you basically say, I want to, you know, I want to serve ads to everyone in this location. And I believe through time this is going to become more and more harder to do. Um, I mean, we're not there yet where it's fully limited. But obviously... You know, asking the app not to track you and all these things. I mean, it's going to be harder to be able to serve advertising, I think, um, on a digital point of view. It'll be interesting to see what's going to happen moving forward. I mean, right now we're not there yet. But we'll see also as altern like alternative means to do tracking, alternative means to serve advertising, right? And uh, yeah, that's basically it. I mean, it'll be, it's, I think what we're going to see is continued evolution of these, of these platforms. Huawei just released their ad platform. Um, Apple has an ad platform, and everyone's going to start to limit, I think, access to Google and Facebook. And I think it'll be interesting as an advertiser to see what's going to happen. And that's pretty much it, guys. That's a few updates I wanted to share for today. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, drop a feedback. Uh, I'm Hossam al Haj. This has been Let's Take This Online. Onwards. Man, I've been itching just.